Uh, see, yeah, that's the problem, though. I don't know how I don't know the history of like hair shops and why and how it came to be that so many of them mm. chains as well are owned by people that are not black. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't I don't know the history. The guy that, that owns packs, the he says that he's black. He, he says he's Caribbean. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> If we want to talk history, I don't know. Somebody, boy, use the hashtag TD podcast. Let us know. <laughs> let us say it. Hello, hello, hello. Hi guys and welcome to 161 of the Tutus podcast. I am Nana. And I'm Ro. And together we are Tutus. It's been a minute. Um, <laughs> please welcome our guest. Uh, we haven't had a guest in a long time. No, our last episode was a guest. Oh, was you. it? <laughs> okay, we haven't recorded in two weeks. Okay. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Jamelia Donaldson. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. How I feel you like now the camera's on. You shy. <laughs> Hello. I feel like the camera is on you If you guys can see what is behind us, look at this beautiful <laughs> box. Treasure Tress, full of amazing products. Okay, so for the people who don't know what Treasure Tress is, can you please tell us what it is? Sure. So it's a subscription service mm-hmm. for your hair. So each month we discover, we help you discover and deliver to your doorstep new products to try. So like trying to figure out what works for your hair can be really overwhelming because there's so many products that do so many different things and you're not always clear on like what's the difference between them what do they do so essentially we send you like bite-sized amount of products every month to try so that you can figure out what works for you Mm. so every box has a cleanser a conditioner a leave-in conditioner and then a styler which can be like a gel or an oil yeah and yeah that's amazing what made you think about doing this because I think it's an amazing idea like as you said like people don't know what to use in their hair and I think Mm -hmm. growing up we for me personally I haven't always known what to use for my hair or what works for my hair because there's so many products out there and it can be overwhelming like what was when did you think when was that light bulb moment like oh this is what I could do um I feel like there were like a lot of small things Mm. When I was growing up and then there was one trip that I took to New York and that's when I discovered that business model and I was like, oh, that is sick. We don't have it in the UK. So if no one else does it, I'm going to do it. Um, So growing up, I've always loved hair. Like in nursery, I used to get in trouble because I wasn't paying attention. I was always playing with someone's (laughs) hair. And then secondary school, I used to get paid to do people's hair at lunchtime and after school. Mm. And then... um, like I wanted to be a hairdresser, but my mum was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> my mum's a teacher, so she was like, that's nice. You can own a salon, but you can't be a hairstylist. Right. And I was like, right then. Um, change of plan. Mm-hmm. And so then I kind of, I went really, really academic. I was like, all right, I'm going to be a lawyer. Ended up studying business and international relations. And during that degree, which was actually in Birmingham, I spent a year in New York. And that's when I discovered like all these different subscription boxes. There were subscription boxes for like socks, for ties, for sweets, for dog food, literally everything. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at the UK and I was like, we don't have, not only do we not have the products, but we don't have anything like that to help us explore beauty in a way that's fun. That's that's so interesting how everything sort of came full circle because you wanted to do something, you know, involving hair and you did business. And, you know, I guess your mum was, you know, your mum was kind of (laughs) right. I know, I know. (laughs) She said, God, different direction babe. <laughs> but you still came back there anyway do you know what I mean I like that it's true yeah. but the thing is in today's day and age mm-hmm. you can be a really really successful hairstylist you can yeah. yeah but just 
from her point of reference, that just she wasn't was just a thinking about option. the Afghan aunties, isn't it? Like the <laughs> the Beckham aunties. That's what she was thinking about. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but do you know what? As well, it's your parent. It she wants the best for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. And I always think about corporate things and mm. things like that. But I guess with this, you kind of merged them both together. Which is amazing. So, exactly. Which yeah. yeah. Which I didn't expect. And to be honest, I didn't actually intend to study business. That mm. was almost like serendipitous because. Mm-hmm. I actually wanted to study law, right. but I missed the requirement ever so slightly. And then my mum was like, do you want to go to another university or stay at that university mm-hmm. and do a different degree? Mm. And so I chose to stay there and do a different degree, which turned out to be business, but that's not the degree that I wanted. Mm. And I didn't even intend to start a business when I was studying business. Right. So it's funny how things happen. Oh, so how long has Treasure Chest been going for? In November, it'll be eight years. Eight years? Wow. wow. Yeah. That's a long time. That's really good because I feel like... Especially now, especially this year, we've seen a lot of like black owned businesses kind of like crumble. Which is so, so sad. Yeah. And so what are some of the things you've had to overcome, especially being a black owned business specifically? Because I think we obviously have different challenges mm. to people who are, yeah. who are not black. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of those parts. Yeah. I feel like where do you start? <laughs> like even knowing what to do. So my mum's a teacher. She's now a part-time lecturer. My dad's a bus driver. So Oh, I was who, a bus driver. Hey, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so when it comes to starting a business, I couldn't go to my mum because my mum mm. didn't know. My dad didn't know. But I think between them, they gave me a really good balance of like, my mum was very much like, do your best academically. My dad was like, just make sure whatever you do, you enjoy it. Like, I don't care what it is, just yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. So between them, I had like a really good balance. But um, I think one of the early challenges is if you don't come from a lineage of like entrepreneurs or business owners, mm. you're figuring out everything from the first time. Like, how do you file your accounts? How do you employ people? Yeah. What's payroll? What's PAYE? Like how much tax do I need to pay? There's so many different things that you literally just have to learn as you go along. Yeah. And it can be really overwhelming. And then there's also the time commitment that's required for you to learn all of those things. Yep. So you can't be outside as much as you want to be because really you need to figure out how to file those taxes before you get fined. Yeah, <laughs> and a million other things. Mm-hmm. So I think the initial learning curve for me was really, really steep because I didn't have anyone within my direct network that I could ask those questions. And then fundraising is another thing. Mm-hmm. Like black women receives, I think it's like 0.01% of VC funding. Crazy. So... Even down to the basic things like getting money to start your business or like finding people with money to back you in business. It's pretty much non-existent. Mm -hmm. And I think that starts even for the US. So when we think about the UK. Yeah, smaller. Yeah. Even smaller. smaller. And it's crazy because even for us as well as creatives, we're always like, where do we find funding? Where do we find funding? Yeah. Like even if you find a funding, are they going to even give it to us? Because you know we're black and then we're queer on top of that. So what now? So I can only imagine like in business as well, especially. Yeah. And them Tories where they're keeping them pot. (laughs) Keeping it to themselves. (laughs) They're keeping it to themselves. You've been going for eight years. It was that you know any point in that time that you thought oh my god like I might have to give this up or do you know what I mean because as you explained like it's really hard you know like getting money to fund it and and all of that was there any point in time you thought oh maybe this is not oh frequently frequently like yeah. sometimes at the beginning it was like how the, like what do I even need to do next because mm. I also didn't have a network in the beauty industry right so I didn't know anyone I had this concept mm. and I had an idea but I didn't know who to turn to because mm. I didn't have any network to yeah. pull on yet so it's like first of all how the hell do I build this network yep okay I can try but like people not responding to your email when you're starting out that is heartbreaking it's sad yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels like rejection isn't it literally yeah. and what then kind of, what kind of like what was it was it like suppliers what was it that like the brands that I wanted to work yeah, with right, so I was yeah. like hey, natural hair I know what products are good for natural hair like this is my hit list this is who I want to work with but yeah. 
first of all, a lot of them in the, are in the US. Yeah. So they were like, like cute idea, but you're in the UK and that's not our, that's not our focus yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. So not getting responses for that reason. And then two, it was like, how how big is your company? So I'm kind of like, oh, I'm just starting it. <laughs> and so he's trying to convince them and like sell them on the vision so mm-hmm. that they come on board so that when you do grow, they're able to grow with you, which mm-hmm. fortunately um, a lot of brands have. Yeah. But to start off with, it was... Yeah, like so. Yeah, what brands was it like? Because was like, okay, cool. We'll we'll we'll, we'll jump on board. Yeah, in the you know what? Like Special shout out to Palmer's. You know, oh, oh, we mm, Palmer's. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. that that's because... nostalgic for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they even found us. Like at the time, Treasure Trust was just an Instagram page, and I had a landing page where I was like collecting information and data, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any product out. The box wasn't out yet. And the managing, the marketing manager messaged me like, hey, we'd love to be a part of this. Mm. And I was like, what? Palmer's. And so our first box featured their hair care range. Mm-hmm. And then ever since then, we've been working with them. They're one of the sponsors yeah. of our pop-up shop. Amazing. We've done for black girls who can't dance with them. We've done for black girls who can't unplug. We've done so many different events with them. Mm. So, yeah. So it's not yeah, even just it's not out. even just the products and the subscription is also like, you know, workshops and building a community yeah. like that. Tell us about that. Like why is that so important? Um, I think because the main difference that I noticed when I came back to the UK was that the US had a community for everything mm. and oh. anything. Mm-hmm. Everything, yeah. <laughs> there is a group mm, for, for everything. everything, yeah. Literally, yeah. and if, if you slap black girl on top, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's something for everything. And I was like, mm. when I came back here, it was like, there are so many black women with natural hair, mm. there's women who want to revert black to, back to natural hair, there's women with relaxed hair who just want their hair to be healthy, mm-hmm. but there weren't like events and conferences at the scale that they were in the US. Mm. So I was like, let me just start building, like, let me start putting on events that I want to go to right. or that I enjoyed going to when I was in the US and see what happened. So community's always been a big part of what we do. And then as we started working with brands through the boxes, they were like, actually, Jamelia, can you not do this for us? And I was like, well, yeah, can you do this? And anything they asked me to do, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't know how I was going to do it. Yeah. Didn't have the team to do it, right. but yeah. managed to execute it, managed to find the team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, but also in business, for me, it's the people that make it enjoyable. Yeah. Because the reality of it is, and I know that Instagram tells a different story, but the reality of running your business is that you're sitting in front of a laptop typing emails. Mm. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And working on spreadsheets. That's it. Yeah. yeah. But until you meet people, mm. that's when you realise, like, oh my God, like what I'm doing actually has an impact on other people. And like, mm. I'm helping people and people are grateful and people are making friendships with people that are part of this community as well. Mm. And it just gets so much more meaning. Yeah. Mm. It does. Do you know what I was thinking as well as you were saying that? Is my brother actually started um, a hair care line. Oh, amazing. Yeah, remember his ex? Remember? Oh, yes. Remember? And do you know what? Yeah, he was doing like... um, Oils yes. and like moisturize something. He did something with it. Yeah, I, uh, I think he even had conditioner and shampoo as well. And he used to make it in the house and then sell Love it. it. But I think most of their customers were in America. Mm. And but he's yeah, he did that. He started that like way before lockdown. When I think about it, maybe like six years ago now. No and way. I found out the other day he still has that business. I didn't know he still had the business. No way. Yeah, Does he still have it with the with his ex. Oh. <laughs> 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 she got married the other day, boy. Oh, hey then. <laughs> so interesting. But they still got that going. But mm, I, that's amazing. Think, but just, I've seen, like, I've seen, like, they have some dry spells and then it's really good and things like mm. that. And I've seen it. It's very difficult for them to um, just establish themselves as a brand. Mm. And so at what point did you realise that, like, cool, like, I'm a brand now mm. and I'm here, like, I'm, I'm one of the big dogs. Yeah. <laughs> like, at what point? <laughs> um... 
Or do you feel like you're still getting there? Because I feel like yeah. sometimes, mm. even when you get to a certain point within your career or your business or whatever it is, you still feel like, oh, like, and there's more goals. Because yeah, the, goal, you know I mean? the goal is bigger. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, literally. Gonna... It feels like we're scratching the surface. Yeah. But then occasionally you meet someone and they're like, oh my God, oh, you run Treasure Trace. And they're yeah. like impressed. And you're like, oh, okay, people do know about <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But in your mind, you know what you want to do. And you're like, I have, I'm, like, I'm, I'm getting closer, but I'm not, wow. I'm not there yet. Yeah. But I think a tipping point was probably. Um, we had our first pop-up shop on Peckham High Street in 2018. And that for me was like, oh, wow, we're really onto something. Because there were queues literally going all the way down the road. And wow. people showed up and showed out. Like, it was it was so, so good. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, wow, this really is more than just a subscription box. Like, right. it is a community. It's, a community. Mm-hmm. it's sisterhood. It's literally all of those things. Mm-hmm. So I think at that point, it was like, okay, cool. We're, we're on to something. Yeah. 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 Do you know, I love that. Do you know, yeah. do you know what? Because yeah, as, amazing. you know, we have our locks and everything and masculine presenting and all that. <laughs> people, amazing. I feel like our journey with our hair as well mm-hmm. has been really important, integral part of how we even express our gender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like... For example, when I really was coming into my sexuality and into how I expressed myself, I cut my hair off because I just felt like that was okay. aligning with how society wanted to see me. But mm. really, did I want short hair? No, I didn't. No, didn't. How did you feel when you got oh, We all told you not to. Mm. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know, I felt, I felt quite insecure actually when mm. I cut my hair because it was the most masculine hairstyle that I had. Okay. And then, so... That means the society, most people misgendered me at the time. Everyone thought I was a little boy. Uh-huh. I was, I'll be driving the bus and I'm like, you're right, mate. You're right, you're right, <laughs> sir. And all this business. <laughs> and, but, but I just, that's when I really, really deeped it. Like how your hair, like people, how society perceives you as a person because the way your hair is. Right. And I didn't really realize that before. Mm. And for me, I was like, okay, I need to find a hairstyle that I like, I'm comfortable with. And, I have to kind of shout out how whatever Nuts thinks about it because yeah. even though I had this short hair and everyone made me seem like a very masculine person, I wasn't that mm-hmm. very masculine person. And I had to be comfortable with that disconnect with society and how they're perceiving me. Mm-hmm. So like then, then I started locks, but I always wanted locks, mm-hmm. but I feel like it was something I had to get in my forties for some reason. You know, because I've been looking at Whoopi Goldberg on TV, but she's, she's <laughs> had locks from, from time. Yeah, like. she has, she has. But I just one day, in fact, I was bored. I didn't know what to do. Then I dyed my hair mm-hmm. like Sasha Bob for like yeah, two weeks. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and then I just went and got long locks. <laughs> And that's been it. Yeah, yeah. You know, no. yeah. But how think, did you manage to like separate yourself from how society perceives you? Do you know, I kept having to get haircuts. I kept going for the haircuts. Mm. Okay. And it was kind of like finding ways to enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find a way to enjoy it. And I wish I experimented more with short hair because I didn't experiment that much. I just had like one, I think one line back in the middle. Yeah, one sack of back and side, one line oh, in the middle yeah. sometime every now and then. And that was it. But sometimes I wish I was painted with colour. Mm. Sometimes I wish I had these things. But there was not community for me yeah. to like turn mm. around and be like, oh, should I do this for advice? Then I was just there. And then it was just saying, <laughs> but, cut your hair. <laughs> I cut my I had my hair cut for like 10 years though. I yeah. cut my hair at 17. Because oh, wow. before that, like my when I was like when I was about four, I went, my mum took me to Ghana and I was staying with, with this witch. And she's like, you know, when you're a kid, like <laughs> when you have afro hair, you cry when your when your yeah. hair gets done. Like yeah. no, no kid loves getting their hair done. Like I used to scream the house down. Um uh, my mum used to deal with it, but this witch, she she um permed <laughs> my hair. She permed my hair at four years old without my, mom's, without my mom's consent. Yeah, they what? did that to my daughter as well. Yeah. I took her to Ghana and I took her to my auntie's house. I came back and she had relaxed. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. 
No, that's so disrespectful. It's very bad. And then I cut my hair off because by the time I was 17, yeah, I had like three strands in a hairband. So I said, you know what? This hair's not healthy. Let me cut it off. So I cut it off. And I had short hair for like 10 years. Do you know mm. what I mean? And then I, I, I was relaxing it and like doing like a little wavy look. And at some point I was like, I want natural hair. Like I don't mm. want to keep relaxing my hair. And obviously it's your choice to whatever you want to do with your hair. Like if you want to relax it, that's fine. Mm. But I didn't want to. So I, I went natural. And then I was like, oh, what the fuck am I going to do with my hair? And I feel like masculine presenting people never know what to do with their hair yeah, it's even a lot of default it's just uh, the default because we never yeah. know like what to do with our hair yeah do you know what I'm glad you're here because I'm hoping that people get these boxes mm, because I really feel like when so I'm into skincare mm-hmm. and I had a skincare page all of that oh, and Loads of people used to message me and be like, oh, like, I see skincare and I just think it's for the girly girls. If it's not. Like, so I don't buy it. So I'm thinking, do you want ashy skin or something? I don't, I don't, <laughs> listen, like, you're not having a skin routine as a person, as a grown adult, that's a bit crunk crunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a bit dusty. Is it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I just feel like with hair, even like why you saw um, Plant Maids, so Plant mm-hmm. are also in here as well. Yes. I did a campaign with them just after lockdown. Yeah. And... Loads of people were like, but they bought it afterwards. Because mm, they yes. were like, oh, someone that looks like me is using this taking off their hair and using this product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people started buying it. And they were telling me, oh, there are lots of growing their edges that they fall out was growing and whatever, whatever. And I hope that people understand, they can kind of get with it and be like, trust, trust, you know, I can have lots of products and mm-hmm. buy it. It's yeah. a variety of things you can get. And, and you can try. Because and it's a suggestion as well. It. Like the idea it. is to make it feel fun again. Mm. Because as you said, as little black girls, you're used to getting your hair done and crying your eyes mm. out. But why? For eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why can't we actually enjoy our hair? Mm. Why, is this, why is there trauma attached to us maintaining our hygiene right. which is doing our hair yeah. Yeah. like why can't we actually enjoy it like everyone else mm-hmm. does so that's a big part of it for us as well like how do we help people understand their hair mm-hmm. but personally because everyone asks their friends for recommendation but how that conditioner works in your friend's hair is not how it's going to work in your hair yeah. mm-hmm. even if your hair looks exactly the same yeah. it's going to have a different density mm-hmm. different porosity like so many different variables mm-hmm. it's going to be completely different and ultimately you don't know until you try Yeah. but I'm just hoping that black women stop going to, like, bl- black people stop mm-hmm. going to the hair shops altogether because we deserve better we, can we touch on that please because it's a bit awkward okay it's not awkward but it's just a bit like We're hair shops yeah very, it doesn't make sense it's actually like um Abuse. Be- because if we go in there, we we, we ask for we can't ask for advice. No. We can't ask for what product should I use. Oh, you mean like those like packs? Yes. Oh yeah. We can't yeah, ask yeah. for advice because the people we're asking advice from, they don't have the same hair as us. No. So it just doesn't make sense. So I think that what you're doing here, it just it just it's just what we yeah. need. Yeah. As a community, yeah. it's what we need. But I just yeah, uh, yeah the hair shops have us in a chokehold. And there are black owned hair shops. I just wish that there, there were, were more. more. Yeah. And mm. all across London. I know there's a few in South, but mm. North Western East, I don't really know mm, of no. many, but there's one um by us, Derek Shop. Oh, it's oh yeah, it's yeah, called, yeah, but we know the shop owner. He's black owned. Owned. Oh. <laughs> yeah, black owned. Yeah. Uh, see, yeah, that's the problem, though. I don't know how. I don't know the history of like hair shops and why and how it came to be that so many of them mm. chains as well are owned by people that are not black. Yeah, Do you know what I mean, I don't. I don't know the history. The guy that, that owns packs. The he says that he's black. He, he says he's Caribbean. Anyway, <laughs> so if we want to talk history, <laughs> um, I don't know. Somebody, boy, use the hashtag TV podcast. Let us know. Let us yeah, let us know but, what it is. But um, yeah, no. Tell us about the the pop up. Like this is exciting. Yes. Give so once a year to celebrate our brand anniversary, we have a pop up shop. So it started in Peckham. The next year we went to Shoreditch, and then the next year. 
where did we go? Oh, it was online because mm. of COVID. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then we had it in London Bridge. Last year we done Birmingham. This year's Birmingham. And the idea is that when you come to our pop-up shops, you get to build your own box. So we call it BYOB. Mm-hmm. But our team actually know the products and understand here so we can actually help you curate a box that works for you. So you leave the shop confident that, okay, cool, I've got the products that I think are going to work for me. Mm-hmm. You might love them, you might not, but equally, at least you're not breaking the bank buying them individually. Right. And then the idea is that you find the products that work for you and you continue to purchase those ones. Mm. So it's also not just a pop-up. We always have some kind of activation, some excitement. In the past, we've had like braid bars, nail bars. We always have DJs. Um, launch party, closing party. There's always just a lot going on. But ultimately, it's to just elevate our expectations Mm -hmm. as far as what we expect when we go shopping for beauty products because we shouldn't have to deal with sales assistants that don't know the staff. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have to be followed around the store. The product should be genuine and real and not replicas. Like Mm -hmm. There's so many things that are just wrong with the way that we shop for beauty at the moment. Mm. And so the idea is that the pop-up shop just makes us just expect more and demand more from retailers altogether so that we feel like we're being catered to properly and we're actually seen represented and celebrated as opposed to just tolerated when we come into those stores yeah so everyone you work with are they all black um on my team my team's all black um and the like brands that we work with are they all black is that no they're your team oh yeah my team's I'd say 98% black. Mm. Yeah. How was building a team? Because obviously you started, I'm, again, I'm not yeah. <laughs> I was telling you before that my friend had this business and she yes. always used to say that being in a business is lonely because she doesn't have a business partner. Mm. And she always say, I wish I had a business partner just because I wish I could have someone to vent to right. and things like that. And she's got a team, but it's not the same as having a business partner. Yeah. And one, the, she said one of the, one of the hardest things about business has, as part from all the admin stuff, but has been maintaining a good team. Mm-hmm. So how has that been for you, like building a team and making sure that they're all, because this is someone that's quite passionate. So they also have to be passionate about yeah. that as well, what, yeah. what's happening as well. So how have you how have you found that process? Building a team is challenging, but equally, I think it's one of those skills that you have to, you have to refine it over time. Like you have to learn as you go along. Mm. You can hear all of the like logic and theory about how to build a good team, but really you don't know until you've like made mistakes, yeah. corrected them, made good hires, made bad hires. Mm. It is challenging. Um, people are unreliable (laughs) (laughs) but it's I think especially when I started Treasure Trust I was 23 so I was super young and my stance for business then was like we're all going to be friends and we're all going to build this business (laughs) together (laughs) and then you realise okay we can be friendly Mm -hmm. but like this is this is a business we need to generate money which means we all need to do our job Mm -hmm. and so I think early on I think I allowed the like personal professional lines to get a little bit too blurred Mm -hmm. which made it really difficult when it's time to have a difficult conversation or when it's a transition and it's time for someone to go like that's difficult as well Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's it's a journey, but I equally wouldn't have changed it because it really challenges you as a person. Yeah, that like you have say, to I'm become sure a better person. You as a person. Yeah, 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 you have to become a better person because mm. there's things that even I've done in the past. And I'm like, that wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah, but equally. Who teaches you how to lead a team when you've just graduated from uni? Absolutely no one. You have to learn on the job. Yeah. So that 23 is very young. Yeah. Like, now when I think back to 23, I was coasting, boy, child. <laughs> have anything in this brain. Was I doing Listen, child. What were you working with 23? I think I was working, I was working in admin, mate. I was, I was running away from my dreams. She was chasing hers. I was working. I was working yeah. full time when I started Treasure Trust. I was working full time. Mm. Mm. And that I was working corporate full time. That must have been crazy. It was mad. The team that I was working in, you had to be in the office between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you, and you still had time. Yeah. Had energy found. at that age. And you got to slap commuting on top. Because yeah. obviously you didn't be work from home then. You got to no, slap you didn't. commuting on top. You got to slap spending I actually can't time. believe that people used to go to work five days. Yeah, but they know. want people to go back though. They want people. No, we know that we can do it without going to work. No Stop it, guys. Yeah, just, yeah. no. I, don't, I just don't want to go back to that. No one wants to I don't want it for office. myself, which means I'm actually, I don't want it for my team either. Yeah. <laughs> so your team all work from home? We were in the office two days a week yeah. and then work from home three days a week. But equally, some of the team are in different countries or in different cities. Oh, okay. So they're 100% remote. Yeah, so yeah. the London, some of the London team come in right. um, on Wednesdays and Fridays and then the rest of the time we're remote. Mm. But it works. And mm. I think it's just a requirement of building a business and a team in today's world. Like mm. no one wants to go to the same place for five days a week no. when their friends are at home or co-working spaces. Yeah. Yeah, I think over time I've come to appreciate more of like the, not the work-life balance, but like enjoying the work that you do mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to find environments where you feel like you can thrive and like mix things up and spark your creativity yeah. rather than sitting in the same room for five days a week every day. Yeah. Like, yeah. you got to be flexible. Because let's be honest, even in lockdown, that was annoying. That was Sitting lot. in yeah. the house all day, much. every day. Yeah. Doing your work in the same place you're sleeping. It, crazy. it drives you crazy. It, yeah. yeah, it actually does. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's like, whole, where are you meant to get new ideas from? It's true. Yeah. You're not, you know, you can't feel inspired you can't get inspired like seeing the same thing that's what I hate like I like my days to be different as you know as possible Mm -hmm. as it can be I don't like the same mundane like routine samey shit it actually (laughs) drives me insane yeah so like that's nice that they get to like you know they get to have a bit of a balance like I I think that's great if you're listening if you're a boss and you're you're listening to this please don't be sending your people to (laughs) five days a week (laughs) but to be fair I think a lot of it especially post-pandemic is to do with trust now right Mm. because People absolutely say they're working from home and absolutely do nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I then did, you can yeah, you that. can tell like <laughs> if the work's not being done. Because some people yeah. can work smart. They can like yeah. do all the work and then they'll go to the park or something, mm-hmm. go to the pub. Yeah. But then you know when someone is faffing about because the work's yeah. not being done. Yeah. That's the thing. And it but it does come down to trust. Yeah. Absolutely. Like if you can trust your team, then absolutely be flexible. But I even think like if you can't trust your team, just get rid of them, you know. It's yeah. true. Because the hassle and the stress that it puts you under to try to micromanage them is terrible. You've got to have people that you do trust though. You've yeah. Got have, and then you have to have on you have to try and find honest people. Like mm. some people are just not good at working from home because they get distracted by everything <laughs> that's going on. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you if you if you're that person, be honest about that, that you have to kind of have an environment where it's like a table and chair, and you're you know, it's quiet and stuff. That so be you gotta be honest, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Do you know I really think it's good that you're doing you kind of went to a different city mm. to do the pop-up yeah because everything's very london-based yeah and there's black people and everywhere. there's a lot of black people in birmingham <laughs> mm. and i just because it's fun but i thought that you were based in birmingham because because no. i knew the pop-up last year was there so i thought yeah. oh, maybe they're actually based in birmingham then no. but actually we need to get this london main character you know should come to birmingham yeah no i'm gonna come i'm gonna yeah. come when's, when's the next when is the pop-up the launch is on the 22nd of september save the day okay 22nd, that's we're are we free. we're back from yeah then. Yeah, we're free. That's a is that a, is that a Friday? That's a Friday, and then oh, the first day. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Then the first day of trade is the twenty third. But even if you don't want to do like a live podcast in the store, feel oh. free because we won't. There's nothing to pay. We pay for everything. So that'd be cute. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Actually, yeah, because we do have like quite a few listeners in Birmingham, and people like and people, yeah. Birmingham's a lit city. Like yeah. London, we're just spoiled. There's too much going on. There's too much yeah. choice. Birmingham, there's not as much choice, and people yeah. really come out and they put their money where they're mouth is like mm. i couldn't believe how many boxes people were buying in one go in birmingham oh, mad. Wow. It's, it's a serious place i like mm-hmm. it oh so how much are the boxes 
So the boxes are £25 a month if you get a monthly subscription um, and then the price goes up incrementally if you have like a bi-monthly subscription or a bi-annual subscription and you can buy the boxes one off for £55 Mm. which is even amazing value for money because most of our boxes are worth like £80 plus. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things in there. Even like if you get like two plant made, the plant made is expensive. You try. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably like thirty eight pounds. When I was buying, it was like thirty eight pounds for a bottle. Like I think it was like a. You must work though. Plant made in there for you yeah. guys, and I put pattern in there as well. Yeah, which is oh, also yeah. not a cheapy brand, but yeah. a sick brand. That's um, what's her name? Tracy Ellis Ross. That's yeah. what somebody told me. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think yeah, somebody said that you were really excited that you got pattern. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> excited because I was like, this must work. It's, it's good pattern. <laughs> Like just seeing stuff that like you you you're excited by. Yeah. I when I opened the box, I was excited. Do you know yes. what I mean? So, and what I do like as well is sometimes we feature brands and people are like, mm. and then they try it and they're like, oh, do you oh, know yeah. what? It's we actually bring people good. on. Yeah. What brands? Are, what brands have you featured? Um, literally everyone. Mm-hmm. Shea Moisture, Pattern, Plant Made. Our last box was a skincare brand, so slightly different. We featured Ava Estelle. Mm-hmm. I was meant to bring you guys. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Birmingham. 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 <laughs> link up. Link up. Um, literally everyone. Yeah. Flora and Curl. We've done Tresemme. We've done Main and Tail. We've done Pantene. We've done Pantene Gold Series. Wow. Literally, pretty much any hair care brand you can think of, we featured. Yeah. Um. But post, I would say post pandemic, the momentum maintained for black owned brands where people like, like I specifically want this brand. Mm. Like I do enjoy these other brands, but I want this brand. And so that's always at the forefront of our mind. Like how can we feature more black owned brands, but equally smaller brands that can't afford to do the box at the scale that we do. Like how can we still involve them in things? Mm -hmm. And the pop-up shops are a great option for them because Mm. we do feature like really small brands that can only do like 50 units or something. At least their products are on the shelves next to the big boys like Shea. So that people think, oh, okay, that's a brand that I've seen. I've never tried it before. And now now I want to try it. Yeah, that's nice, you know, because there's a lot of um, smaller brands and their products are still good. Absolutely. I mean, they're still good it just and they're made with love in the mm. career for it to be like pantene or something like that but yeah it's equally as good they are yeah. they are but it's like that educational piece like how how do we teach brands how to grow quicker and to truly scale mm-hmm. but equally how are we more responsible consumers mm-hmm. because we're very loud as a people yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but we're loud about the right thing sometimes <laughs> But equally, if we were really loud about like brands and companies that we absolutely love, not just yeah. the ones that are closing or that have done us bad, like yeah, yeah. then we would we would be thriving. I, I think so. Like obviously, there's a there's a brand called Glossary. Yeah, I love that brand. I yeah. love the Glossary. I always have the Glossary as part of my skincare routine every single time. It's black owned by Rashan, and. I just feel like a lot of people use it, but they don't shout about it. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, one thing about me, I don't shout about it. Yeah. I we like must. I've, I've said them on my Instagram story the most ever. Okay, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone that uses that product, I've shout about them the most. You have shout. I think I have. Yeah. I think I have. It's a necessity. Like if we're wearing, a, if we're wearing designer, we're tagging that designer. Why don't we have the same vim for the black owned products that yeah. we're using and wearing? Like we I, absolutely yeah. should. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Absolutely. One thing about me, I'm gonna buy black owned boy. <laughs> Everybody that knows me knows one thing about me, but I, but I'm not just exclusive to that. Mm-hmm. I'm at the same time. I think it's still important that it's a black owned business that is providing the service that they said Absolutely. that they're providing. Absolutely. In the timescales that it said, mm-hmm. with the yeah. same 
quality of service and everything like yeah. that. Like, it shouldn't, we shouldn't expect less just because it's black owned. Oh, absolutely not. You know. But I do think we should have like a code of conduct. We need yeah. to agree amongst ourselves. I'm not going out in public and chatting shit about something. We can't. Yeah, 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 I'm not yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not yeah, doing yeah, it. That's yeah, absolutely yeah. the code I'm, of I'm conduct. Group chat, but I'm like, not calling, you know, because it's harder for us. To no, write, yeah, the so, code of conduct yeah. needs to mean mm-hmm. that you give constructive criticism mm-hmm. in private and you give praise yeah. in public. That is it. You know, just one thing, this my friend and her business. One thing that really, really irks me that people do is let's just say someone has come late for their appointment yeah and she has a policy in place mm-hmm. for lateness mm-hmm. and after that you have to pay for another another appointment you pay towards the appointment or something like yeah that. and lots of people turn around and say i'm only supporting you because you're black owned and they throw the fact that she's a black owned business mm-hmm. in her face all the mm-hmm. time Mm-mm. like has that ever happened to you before thankfully no mm. but it is something that i hear a lot mm-hmm. one thing that we did get I think this was like pre BLM mm-hmm. was everyone like we did get people reaching out like who owns this is this black owned oh. so a lot of people were curious um but that is something that people like to use like if they're not happy with something mm-hmm. it's like this is why I don't support black yeah no, no, no. no. I, that really really gets on my nerves yeah, no because ASOS mess up all the time all the time like you order <laughs> next day delivery and it don't come next day yeah. but you don't take it to Twitter oh, no. <laughs> so that, that's number one thing that like, it, that pisses me off because mm. I've been in her shop before and I've just literally seen someone come like an hour late for their appointment like, even though she's t- she calls she's called them and asked them where you are and they've just lied about what time they come in mm-hmm. they get there when I was there this person came with their boyfriend or something no. and they came to like just be cussing in the shop and just be like this is I already came here because you're black owned like you like you're doing like they're doing her a favour and that, yeah. I think that's what I think that's what the confusion is mm. <laughs> Like yeah. you came because she delivers a good service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now that you're not happy, you came because she's black. Yeah. Oh, that's not why you came. You came because you wanted her service. Exactly. Not and like, <laughs> let's be honest. And she's and delivering the service. There's also over familiarity as well. Like I think that it comes to, because you wouldn't do, she wouldn't do that elsewhere, would she? Yeah. She wouldn't do that she elsewhere. Wouldn't and do I, that I feel elsewhere. like as consumers, we need to do better. Yeah, we do need to. That's and wrong. Like, let's know. have some respect. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's still community. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. still community. And, I hate to say this, but like other communities are up mm. with each other's businesses in more healthy ways. Mm. Yeah. Because you could always, like, look at Jason did a, he did an article on Ashaki's concert. He's a black mm. journalist. Oh my God. And it yeah. wasn't a good concert. So he said it wasn't a good concert, but he was very see, constructive. Come, come and see yeah. the card. The, yeah. The, the day that it came out, they were, it was, uh, everyone's up in arms about they were up it. In arms, he like, didn't say anything bad. It was all constructive. It's constructive. It was all constructive. Yeah. And I, well, that's the point I want to get to, like, we need to be constructive mm. of each other. Absolutely. Yeah, even the podcast, if you think something wrong, tell us. Do you know what? Because it only yeah. helps you grow when you're constructive. Yeah. If you're saying some negative shit that is bad vibes, I'm just going to be thinking about the bad vibesness. Yeah. I'm not going to be thinking about, okay, this is where I can be better. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I don't see where I can change mm. and do better. Yeah. I'm just hearing you talking shit and have, having an attitude and having a tone. <laughs> and I thought, my ears are sensitive. Yeah. yeah. I must say, though, um, like, we've been really fortunate mm. that. Yeah, I think we've had a really good experience of like black women just riding out. Like if they like the brand, Mm -hmm. they're loud about it Mm -hmm. and they say it. Um, And I think one thing that I had to learn quite quickly was the complaint. Just um, take a moment, then digest it (laughs) and then just extract the value. Even if to start the person's rude, like Mm. just just take out the bits that you need Mm -hmm. and actually work on that. Yeah. Um, But something that definitely helped me doing that was I stopped doing customer service myself. Mm quite quickly Mm -hmm. because like this is something that you've poured your heart and soul in and you know how hard you've tried to Mm -hmm. make it perfect Mm -hmm. and then 
it's, it's not always received on the other end. And then you just feel like so frustrated and mm-hmm. so deflated, but then you still got to get up to fight another day. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, yeah, nah, yeah. someone else can do that. Mm-hmm. Just tell me what I need to know so that I can improve exactly. and then I'll do that. But as far as me, yeah, I couldn't do everything. That was, yeah. yeah. Too much. Yeah, you have to delegate. That's a good way to do it. That's working smart. Because (laughs) you have to protect your peace and protect your creativity. Because if you're so pissed off, how how are you going to be creative? Yeah. How are you going to make anything? Also, like, even if you get, like, loads of good reviews, like, it's going to be that one bad one that sticks out for you for some reason. Like, it's just us. But you know what? I've only seen good things, though, to be honest. I'm I'm not even just saying that, but I've actually only ever seen good things. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. And it means, means, I guess it's something to you, it's a testament to you that how you're working well when you're doing your thing. And I guess you're keeping the vision at the center of yeah. the business. Yeah. yeah, I think um I think it's I sometimes think it's a little bit unfair because everyone always compliments me, but it truly is like a team mm-hmm. effort. And like everyone, not everyone's a hair expert, but like they're really passionate about the mission. So like our COO is a black man and he's so passionate about it because he's got two daughters and he's like, listen, I'm doing my daughter's hair. I want to change the narrative. I want them to enjoy it. Mm. And everyone for that reason just goes above and beyond to like, how can we make this as refined as possible Mm -hmm. and shake off all the stereotypes that are associated with black owned businesses Mm. so that people don't tell us that they're only buying because we're black owned, but you're buying because we're a really good business. Yeah. And Birmingham, the pop-up shop was a testament to that because... I was just expecting like black people to come. Everyone was coming to the store and buying. Mm. Like I didn't know that there were so many Asian women with tightly curled hair, but they were buying and Caucasian women were buying. And I was like, oh wow, like this really is a service that is solving issues for more people than we initially anticipated. Which is actually quite exciting because it means that there's room for us to like continuously grow. It means anyone could be a customer. Yeah. Yeah. Because even, I'm really thinking about it. You see that you see content with like um, white women who maybe have adopted Mm -hmm. black kids or yeah, make sure his children yeah. and this is they something need they need. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So oh true. yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like you, you know, um the guy, like he's so passionate about doing his daughter. Do- Cause like see, you know, we don't really see like men. I think, you know, nowadays we see more men doing their kids, mm-hmm. like their daughter's hair and their, their son's hair. But even that is nice to see, like so you know, nice that's, that's to see. that he's interested in doing that. Cause it's yeah. not just a mum's job. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Taking yeah. care of a child is 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 not it's not, you know, it's everyone's yeah, job. everyone's father's sign up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sign up for your daughters. Fathers. There was even a um, there was a bald white man that came into the shop in Birmingham, <laughs> and we were like, "What are you? <laughs> what you gonna do? Braid your scalp?" <laughs> we were like, "Hi!" And then he was like, "Yeah, I've come in here to buy something for my wife." And I was like, "Okay." Oh. And he showed me a picture of his wife, black woman. Okay, mixed race daughter. And I said, "Okay, yeah, yeah right." Yeah. So what you need to do? <laughs> and then, but initially, I was like, "Hi." Well, do you know what? My ex is bald, and she's a, like get hair stuff. <laughs> I mean, she got the little, you know, obviously. But how she bold was, bold? was she? How bold was she? Like, I used to shave her head all the time. But it wasn't to the skin bold. I used to shave her skin sometimes. But I think it's like the just the pampering, isn't it? Yeah. Self-care. Yeah. She, used to, she used to go, she used to get the thing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you still and need oils. to, you know. And rub it in their temples. It's yeah. like even barley people buy it. <laughs> Feel like you're like taking care of yourself, yeah. pampering yourself, because otherwise, how are you going to do that? Yeah. And how frequently are you actually going to go to the shop and buy a whole new range of products to no, try in one go? I don't think I've ever not. done that. I feel like I've in the past with my shopping habits with hair stuff. It's especially in the beginning, it was based off of what my mom used to give me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> blue magic, and, <laughs> not blue magic, and sulfur <laughs> eight. And I remember that sulfur pink one. What was the pink lotion? Oh, yeah. Was it? Yes. Like yes, that one that I can smell it the smell <laughs> and then with time as I got older 
obviously I relaxed my hair. You relax my Mazani. They used to use Mazani relaxer, mm. and then I got older. That's a top tier relaxer though. Oh yeah, when bougie. I, yeah, you know, people <laughs> like me. Yeah, <laughs> my hair, my hairstylist even did Naomi Campbell's hair. Uh-uh. That's another story. <laughs> and but but obviously as I got older, much but I've now got natural hair and things like that. Yeah, change. I need to experiment and things like that. I used to go online. I still didn't know what to get. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot. Like it's yeah. a lot of information. Yeah. What do you guys? How do you guys maintain your looks? Do you do it yourselves or do you do you always go salon? No. So I go to a optician. We both go to the same optician. Oh, okay. Um, but during lockdown, Nana used to do my locks during lockdown. Okay. And Nana can do her own. You could do, but she's been lazy. My hair, no, my hair's got longer now, so I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, just standing in front of the mirror, like just like doing it for two hours. Yeah, I but I do use oils, mm-hmm. and if I can't get the hair, just then I wash it myself at home. But I wouldn't yeah. test it afterwards. I just wash it, uh, but I also do my daughter's hair. Okay. Well, I wash her hair mm-hmm. and I condition it and things like that. I'm not good at braids and all them things, but I do try to treat her hair for there her. There we go. Yeah. yeah does she enjoy that. it or is? She... Yeah, she does. She's getting. She's in year eight now. She's getting okay. older. So she's um. We went to the hair shop the other day and she wanted um, a hair for the edges, the band thing. The band. Yeah. I didn't even know that was even a thing. Wait, is it the one that you, uh, like a paper, the paper one? Or? No, it's um, it's one like, silk. Oh, silk, okay. Mm. Yeah, it's like a little D-rack. Delayed, delayed it. Yeah, and so she's now getting into wanting to do her edges and she keeps oh. asking me what, what should she use for And I'm rubbish with hair. So I need a box. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I was, you do. Like, I'm rubbish. So, mm. so like, um, the only thing I do is I wash it for her. And after, she's been watching YouTube videos and trying to experiment oh, herself and things like that now. So yeah, that's what that's, that's what she's into at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's that age where you're really trying to like just experiment, yeah. have yeah. fun and like find find yourself mm-hmm. and yeah. find your image. Yeah, yeah it's about like you're finding your identity as well. Which yeah. Is nice. And even like me doing my own hair, I found it was like, I sort of like a bonding time. Mm-hmm. Like doing other people's hair was like a bonding time as well. It like, is. Um, a relation, sort of like relationship kind of mm. therapy kind of time, which is nice. And in the end, you look fabulous. So, you know, I love it. There we go. Exactly. You feel good. Feel good. Exactly. Quite, yeah. Yeah. I'm conscious of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get got a meeting. Businesswoman. <laughs> so okay, before you go, give us one piece of advice yeah. that you give to somebody who is not stuck. Because I feel there's a lot of starting that business advice. Like maybe it's a few years into their business and they're kind of at a crossroads. don't know to stop the business or continue oh i would say look at the numbers the numbers always tell a story and utilize your network seek mentorship like mentorship is actually a game changer Mm. i know it's a little bit corny and people always say like black founders need money they don't need more mentors which i agree (laughs) but there are some really really good mentors and there's pete just find someone that's doing the numbers that you want to do or is in the industry that you want to be in or is just much larger than you. Because I do feel like once people get to a certain level of success, they do have a lot more free time to actually reach their hand back. Mm-hmm. And some of them feel a little bit guilty as well, like they want to help someone else. So yeah. I would say, yeah, utilize your network and find the people who are like super successful and realize that no one's out of reach. Like mm. absolutely no one. Yeah. Still waiting for the collab with Beyonce, but it's coming. It's coming, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. You're, you have to be a bit delusional and audacious. Like that's what you need, just a little <laughs> bit. Absolutely. You, you know, to, to, to get, to, to get where you need to yeah. go. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Yes, yeah. And uh, we have to go to the, the pop-up in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So 22nd please. of September. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sending you the details. Amazing. Be there. It's going to be a vibe. It's in the bio. It's in the bio. It's going to be there. And if you're already in Birmingham, great for you. Yeah. We're going to travel, travel, travel to Birmingham. We're going to travel there. Yeah. Never get the box. Yes. Yes. Oh, wait. I need to record this. Make sure you subscribe 
So not only just YouTube channel, yeah. but also subscribe. Get a subscription for this Treasure Tress yep. box. Look at us. Look at us. I follow, follow it on, on, on um, Instagram as well. But on Instagram, I think that is on the... On the on, yeah. You're on TikTok, everything, TikTok, TikTok, everything, everything. YouTube, Facebook, mm-hmm. TikTok, Instagram, yes. Twitter. All of it. X these days. Oh my God, I'm going to have to update the package. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone cares about your call. <laughs> yeah, Twitter, <laughs> There you go. So guys, yeah, love this. it's lit. Make sure you, make sure you subscribe. Yeah. Do that. Do that. Do that. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you use the hashtag Tutu's Podcast Conversation on Twitter or X. <laughs> Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. And no, live show is tomorrow. So yeah. there is no live show to yeah. buy tickets for. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. See you next week.